Keep God's word on your lips. Meditate on it day and night. Be careful to do what it says. Then you will truly be successful. Keep God's word on your lips. Meditate on it day and night. Be careful to do what it says. Then you will truly be successful. Hey everybody, it's day 63 of our 90 day challenge and the topic is the power belongs to God. Welcome to the book of Acts, Acts the third chapter, the first through the 16th verse. One day, Peter and John were going up to the temple at the time of prayer at three in the afternoon. Now, a man who was lame from birth was being carried to the temple gate called Beautiful, where he was put every day to beg from those going into the temple courts. When he saw Peter and John about to enter, he asked them for money. Peter looked straight at him, as did John. Then Peter said, look on us. So the man gave them his attention, expecting to get something from them. Then Peter said, silver or gold I do not have, but what I do have, I give you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, walk. Taking him by the hand, he helped him up, and instantly the man's feet and ankles became strong. He jumped to his feet and began to walk. Then he went with them into the temple courts, walking and jumping and praising God. When all the people saw him walking and praising God, they recognized him as the same man who used to sit begging at the temple gate called Beautiful, and they were filled with wonder and amazement at what had happened to him. While the man held on to Peter and John, all the people were astonished and came running to them in the place called Solomon's Colonnade. When Peter saw this, he said to them, fellow Israelites, why does this surprise you? Why do you stare at us as if by our own power or godliness, we made this man walk? The God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the God of our fathers has glorified his servant, Jesus. You handed him over to be killed and you disowned him before Pilate, though he had decided to let him go. You disowned the holy and righteous one and asked that a murderer be released to you. You killed the author of life, but God raised him from the dead. We are witnesses of this. By faith in the name of Jesus, this man whom you see and know was made strong. It is Jesus' name and the faith that comes through him that has completely healed him, as you all can see. And that ends our reading for today. Our worship thought is entitled, The Power Belongs to God. I don't know if you see it, but I have noticed a disheartening trend in many American churches. Jesus is not at the center anymore. Christ is alluded to, but not always exalted. Great songs are being sung and great sermons are being preached, but if you listen closely, I am not always sure Jesus is the main attraction. What's more dangerous is that many of us don't need him to be. If you serve in any capacity in church, examine your activity for a moment. Let's have a hard heart conversation.
When you stand to lead worship, do you exhort the people before you address your God? Do you rush into rehearsal or a meeting without first acknowledging him to direct your steps? Are you more excited about the guest artist than the Lord of hosts? If you are responsible for coordinating and planning the service, do you make room for God's presence or is the worship moment a pre-show? Is your God the clock? Are you rushing to go get brunch? If the Holy Spirit needed 10 more minutes to minister, do you have time to spare? Does your congregation pray? Do you pray? Are we rushing past intimate time with God to take up another offering? Do we still believe in altar call moments of deep encounter or is that no longer a thing? When we preach, how many times do we call his name? How often do we tell the gospel story? How often do we center Jesus in all that we say and sing? Does the import of a clever cliche generate a greater response than a reminder of God's faithfulness toward us? Are you preaching the scriptures or telling great stories? How many times do we teach about salvation, justification, grace, sin, and truth? Or do we only mention Jesus on Easter and Christmas? I love all of the Bible, as you can tell, but as a storyteller, I have to be careful not to fall more in love with my stories than the Savior. Listen, I'm just thinking aloud. Every once in a while, we need to ask the hard questions and be willing to course correct. So if Jesus were to visit your church, would he feel like a guest in his own home? Would you recognize him if he walked in the room? Would you hear his name invoked so much that it would move him to heal, deliver, and rescue? Or would he be turned off by our skill, production, elocution, and motivational speeches? At the end of the day, we as a church have a responsibility to keep, here we go, the main thing, the main thing. And the main thing is Jesus. Nothing more, nothing less. In our text today, we are told that Peter and John were on their way to prayer. A lame man was being carried to the temple gate every day to beg from those going into the temple. I don't even need a degree in hermeneutics to unpack an obvious truth in this text. If scripture tells us that a man who was born lame was carried to a gate every day to beg, what I know for sure is that somebody was capitalizing off this man's crutch. Somebody was getting a cut from this man's pain because I don't know anyone who would every day carry a lame man to a gate simply out of the kindness of their heart, which teaches us an important principle that I pray you will not forget. Quite frankly, some people find joy in your sadness and get mad when you are better. Some people find joy in your sadness and get mad when you are better. Some people don't want you to get healed because when you get healed, they will stop getting a check. When you get healed, you will also get clear. And once you are clear, you will no longer allow people to capitalize off of your handicap. You will no longer allow people to profit off of your pain. So listen to me, my dear friend. Refuse to waste your energy giving minutes to the miserable. Even in this season of inconvenience, believe God to heal and make you whole. Disconnect yourself from anything or anyone who is profiting off of your disability. The second principle I see here is this. Never become so busy 
that you are not able to pause and pay attention to the modern day beggars in our world. You see, I'm sure Peter and John had an agenda that day. I'm sure prayer was on their to-do list. And if Peter and John are anything like us, they were in a rush. But on their way into the temple, they stopped long enough to have a conversation with someone who most people ignore. Peter paused long enough to talk with this lame man. Some people want more than a few dollars to get something to eat. Some people need you to see them, to hear them, to have your undivided attention, even if it is just for a few minutes. Lord, help me not to be in such a rush that I can't pause to have an impactful conversation. In this conversation, the lame man asks for money. Peter gives him more than money. He gives him a miracle. Sometimes we will not have what someone is asking us for, but what we should do as a worshiper is give them what we do have. Instead of turning people away, figure out a way to make a difference. How often do we pass people like this every day? Not just when we are driving, but when we are working on our big project or planning our family vacation. So I got to ask you, are there injured souls and disabled hearts crossing paths with you, but you're so focused on purpose that you are overlooking it? God is challenging each of us to go into the world as his ambassadors and do whatever needs to be done. There are also times when we need to be like Peter and ask God to heighten our discernment. I don't believe Peter was broke, but I do believe he knew that this lame man needed to be healed from the crutches of his condition. The man asked for money because he didn't know he qualified for a miracle. Peter had faith for a man who could not believe for himself. And Peter gave him what he truly needed in order to free himself from the crutches of poverty. Why did God bless you to go to school? To free someone from the crutches of poverty. Why are you opening up a nonprofit to free someone from the crutches of poverty? Why has your life been so difficult to free someone from the crutches of poverty? True worshipers never ask, what will I get in return? Instead, they conclude, such as I have, I will give it to thee. And while I am on this subject, please leave your camera in the car. Please keep some things a secret. I understand that we live in a technological age of visual images and highlight reels, but I believe the purest act of love is the one done in secret and the God who sees in secret will reward you openly. If you've ever been on the side of the road in need of help, you really can't afford to overlook people who need help. Think about the manifold gifts God has given you. What can you do to help others, even if you can't give them money? Don't let your liabilities get in the way of your assets. Peter didn't say, I'm on my way to prayer. I will pray for you. No, he used his power. He healed this man. His anointing was in healing. Your anointing may be in something else, but whatever it is, use the gift God gave you to serve someone in need. And remember, human power is limited power, but God's power will remain long after we have departed. And we, you, I, we are all God's extension cords. The power is not in us, for us, 
But when we are plugged into the source, we can use God's power to increase our voltage in the world. The catch 22, however, is that when and if we remove our cord from the source, the extension loses its purpose, thereby becoming powerless. So here's the point. Though God has given us the power, we must also be plugged into the life source. We must never forget that the power belongs to God. That means our power to name, our power to bear fruit, and our power to multiply must be connected to the creator, the source of all power. Without God, we can do nothing. In our own strength, we cannot maintain peace during a crisis, but Christ gives us the power to call peace into confusion, to speak calm into commotion, and to make sense out of nonsense. So we are extension cords of power. In and of ourselves, we have no strength. But when we plug into Christ and when the spirit of God indwells us, we can point people back to Christ like Peter did. Scripture says, when Peter saw this, he said to them, fellow Israelites, why does this surprise you? Why do you stare at us as if by our own power and godliness, we had made this man walk? God used me, but this was beyond me. Always keep that posture of heart. Remain connected to Christ and don't by any circumstances allow or anyone to separate you from the source. Finally, for the person who is listening to this or reading these words and they feel like that lame man on the side of the road, I want you to know that I am praying for you. I am praying for all silent sufferers. I am interceding for those who don't want to live because the weight of the secret is greater than the wage of the sin. I'm praying for those who turn to communities that accept them because the church has rejected them. I'm praying for those who are preaching with a broken heart, living a double life, leading with a hole in their soul, burdened by ecclesial pressure, hurting at night and helping everyone else in the day. I am praying for every person who wrestles with self-hatred because they have, for one reason or another, find themselves on the outside of the temple gate called Beautiful. I am praying for beggars, lepers, and blind men. I want you to know that my heart breaks for those who are selective with their share because if friends knew the unfiltered truth, they would run away from them, avoid them, and leave them in a permanent place of isolation. I am praying for you. I am also praying for the church. I pray for the church to be bold enough to be the church. I pray for God's people to be more compassionate and empathetic. That would truly be the sign of Jesus' love in a world filled with complex situations. I long for the day when the truth will set us free and the lame man in each of us, the invalid in each of us can be healed. So what is your worship work today? It is to stay low. Remember that the power you have is not yours to wield. All of the power belongs to God. You should know by now that power 